You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody. This is Rod. I'm Roger B. This is America's Web Radio, and you're listening to the show Locked and Loaded. Pew, 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 pew. And just by definition, locked and loaded means not just guns, ammo, weapons. It means being prepared. So, you well, know, we do a little bit of a prepper as- aspect it, here as well. It also means <clears throat> if you happen to be in Palestine, it means um, you're getting your dirt and rocks ready. Hey, weapons are weapons, regardless of, you know, <laughs> where they come shots. from and their effectiveness. <laughs> you know. Hey, Roger, I need you to clarify something for me. I heard that you can't sell a paintball gun now on Facebook Marketplace or... Or Craigslist, maybe. I mean, I don't are they know. seriously stopping people from selling a paintball gun? Well, people, I know Facebook has has stopped all gun sales. I don't know if that. No, I'm not talking about a gun. Pellet paintball. guns, paintball guns. I mean, the fact that it's a paintball gun, and some people I think are using paintballs because they don't want to get a real gun. They want to use paintballs as a deterrent, oh. as a defense mechanism. Well, in Chicago, you can't get a real gun, so you have to resort. Well, you can. You just can't New carry York. it anywhere with you. New York, you can get one. You just, yeah, but it's a pain. Well, you can buy rifles and shotguns relatively easily in New York, believe it or not. Right, but I'm talking about a, a handgun. Well, you know, I guess. A handgun in New York requires a $300 application fee and a 60 Page application and that's to be not filled a out. You're going to get. No, that's just to apply to be able to buy a handgun. That does not give you any rights to carry it anywhere. You have a you constitutional can... freaking right, and they're yeah okay. I won't even Shall not that. be infringed. Won't even get into that, but uh, that yeah. just drives me crazy. That's just. I mean, I don't know how many times you can say it. The founding fathers were so brilliant in their yeah. declaration of stuff for the Second Amendment because. And, they didn't just come back from a big deer hunt or quail hunt. <laughs> no, they did not. <laughs> they yeah. came back. They didn't from, come back from a squirrel hunt. That's right. They came back from fighting for, for their independence from the largest empire in the known the world at the time. and most capable military of the time. That's right. And they won. And they won. If and they, they had not they won. They win with slingshots and pickets and shovels. If we had not won, we'd still be drinking tea and not coffee or coke and <laughs> eating tea time. eating it's crumpets, tea whatever those are. <laughs> crumpets. Crumpets. Crumpets and biscuits and, and you whatever. You know, haggis. Maybe. Oh, no, you can keep I've heard haggis. the description of that, and it doesn't sound very appetizing. It's oh, pretty nasty. <laughs> oh, you, oh, you've had it? Uh, no. I've seen it. <laughs> oh. I've touched it, but I wouldn't eat <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like they jam everything into a stomach and cook it up good for you. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Delish. Well, now, granted, I may just not have ever been hungry enough to try it. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I guess I should say that. I haven't been hungry enough to try it. Yes. Maybe at some point I would be. There's so many other things. I mean, I'd rather eat a bucket of cheese balls than... uh... Um, I would eat a (laughs) chocolate-covered cricket before I Oh, yeah. I've had chocolate-covered bugs before. I didn't know what they were. Someone handed it. They go, oh, you want some chocolate? And you know me. Chocolate. chocolate. Ooh. (laughs) I'm eating it. And it's kind of crunchy. It tastes like, you know, the Rice Krispies. And I'm going, that's a little stiffer. He goes, you know what that is? After I eat it, he tells me, oh, that was chocolate-covered ants. I went, what? (laughs) (laughs) You didn't think to tell me that? He goes, you didn't ask. When I was a kid uh, in Mexico, we went go walking through a market. And I saw a bucket of, now you could tell they were crickets, but they were all covered with chocolate. And they would just sell them like they were chocolate-covered peanuts. And more protein, though. Uh, but it was more protein, and, you know, it was a healthier chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But, yeah, I'd eat those before I'd eat uh, haggis. Yeah, well, you know. Well, it's just funny because hunting season is upon us or coming up really soon or something. Yeah. I'm not sure, depending on what state you're in. So, mm-hmm. 
you know, you want to use as much of an animal as you can, you know, to get the most out of it, especially, yeah, you know, with, waste. with grocery prices the way they are right now in no, the supply right. chain, which I think is finally, most of the grocery stores I've been in now, the supply chain seems to have caught up, from all, the, up. from all the hoarding we've seen. So yeah. if you want to stock you can up, even a, get toilet paper now. Yeah, and if you want to stock up a little bit now, it wouldn't be bad to do it now that things have settled a little bit. Let me issue a locked and loaded uh, public service message, um, <laughs> just in case. If well, let's just say this. Let's put it this way: just in case Biden wins, you want to start stocking now toilet paper and anything else, because if that bozo wins, he already said he's going to lock you down again. Uh, well, I don't. Has he actually said that? He said it. Oh, he did. He's okay. on video saying it numerous wow. times. Wow. He'll so say he's... now that uh, can, we're going to follow the scientists. Well, follow can the he scientists. Force, can means... he do a federal lockdown? No, there is no precedent. Let me well, put it to you this did way. Trump, did Trump force a federal no, lockdown? No, no. He just he put the recommendations out there, and the states did it. Uh, okay. There is no there there is no crisis clause in the in the Constitution. The federal government does not have the power. <laughs> To shut down the economy. And I would venture to say neither do the states. Right. What we've allowed politicians to do. But that's a whole other topic right. for another show. But, but you know, uh, but right now yeah. would be a good time if you have not stocked up or you've depleted some of your supplies during the lockdown. It seems now as if stores are catching back up. More things are becoming available. Prices have settled back down a little bit on most standard run-of-the-mill stuff. Now, granted, if you're trying to buy ammo... Don't even consider it yet. It's not there. You're not going to find ammo. Gun supplies are still limited, but they are available. You can walk into most gun stores and they have something. And online gun stores have a few, you know, they're getting in stuff every day. The supply chain on weapons and, and ammo has not stopped, but it's just, it's like it's funneling into an empty lake. It's disappearing as soon as it comes out of the pipeline. It's disappearing. There's no stockpile being saved on the other end of the uh, of the pipeline. So, but as far as food, toilet paper, prepper supplies, a lot of those have come back down and are those have filled back up. I was in a Costco the other day and they had acres of toilet paper available, bottled water as far as you could see. So everything's there. So if you're thinking, oh my gosh, I actually ran out of toilet paper during the last one. Now would be the time to buy it. Don't. Don't wait until it's panic buying time again. You pay three times as much. Spend three times as much. Buy three times the amount now so you'll have it for the next time. Like I say, I ended up not buying any extra toilet paper during any of the lockdown stuff because I had two full cases because I always stock up because it's not perishable. Anything non-perishable, you should have stock up a little extra. It's not going to hurt you. I was in the same position. I didn't have to panic or freak out. I didn't need toilet paper throughout the whole pandemic because – I had a stockpile. Yes, and I still have a case and a half. Yeah. Now, since then, I was at Costco, and they actually had it there, and I went, you know what? Let me get hey, one case. You've know, got to replenish. I restocked my one case, and I still have a case from back in January that I haven't even gotten into yet, so I have plenty. But, you know, think about that now. If you want some uh, freeze-dried food, if you want to stock up on some paper products or cleaning supplies. Now, from what I understand, some of the Lysol products are still very difficult to get, hard to come by. So they may be difficult to get. Hand sanitizer is still very expensive. The 99-cent bottle you used to be able to get that was a quart's worth. Now is down to four or five ounces. So you're still paying top dollar for that stuff because that stuff is continually being used. It's not something that people stock and don't use. Not like toilet paper, which has a certain amount of use. You can't force more use out of toilet paper. 
unless you eat the wrong foods. And then, you know, a few more Taco Bells opening. <laughs> I could take care of that. And Del Tacos. <laughs> yes, Del Tacos. I've seen a few of those. They we're out here in back. Georgia. And they got them now again. Yeah. So I was surprised. But now, and also you got to consider, I mean, uh, there's still violence going on. It's crazy because the news is not covering the violence going on in all these cities, which is still going on every night. They're still having issues with violence in cities, burning, looting, murdering, anti-fascist Americans, you know, shooting cops. There was one story I just read, which I didn't have time to copy, but it was somebody had broke a window in a police car and sprayed pepper spray on the cops inside the car and then ran off. So, I mean, what is the point of that? I mean, it's a, it's an all-out war on police officers. And I understand. I understand, you know, if you've had a bad experience with police officers, you may not feel a lot of love for them. But you got to consider what their job is. It's a tough job they do. And unfortunately, politicians have turned their job into something that makes them unliked by most people because they are revenue collectors. Most of the most people's interaction with police officers is when they get a ticket. Probably ninety percent of the people out there, your last interaction with a police officer was either a traffic stop or somewhere where you were getting a ticket. You know, I'm talking about interaction where you actually had to interact with a police officer, not where you just see them driving down the road or saw them at the airport or something like that. When you actually interact with them, it's probably because of some sort of violation, traffic law. You know, it's rarely do you see them when they're helping people. You don't see that as much. Now, granted, if you've had to file a police report, a police officer was there to help you. But I bet 90 percent of the people, their interaction is going to be with a traffic stop. It's unfortunate that politicians turn police officers into revenue collectors. Most police officers would rather be out there patrolling the community, keeping it safe, putting forth a good image and being the kind of person that kids and parents and families can look up to and admire and respect for the fact that they help protect them. And I just wonder, if all these people get their way and they do defund police officers, who are you going to call? And don't say Ghostbusters, because they do not usually bust criminals. They just take care of ghosts. I was about to start singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, it's just, it's tough, because I understand the animosity people, sometimes towards police officers. People need to remember <clears throat> that the police officer is only abiding by the rules set forth by politicians. The politicians that are elected. Lawmakers, politicians, yeah, they're the um, ones who set forth everything. Yes, the police department are only do so if you're in outrage over uh, uh, a, a city like Portland or, or Detroit or Baltimore, whatever, you name it, Chicago, uh, if you're mad at these cops, they they can only do what they're being told. And New York, this idiot right. mayor over there, who's who's basically handcuffed I mean, the police department. He is their command. He is basically their commander in chief. Yeah, and he is speaking badly about the people no. under his command. He's speaking bad about them, and he's also restricting them. You can be a New York City police officer, and you have to stand there and take it when somebody runs up and puts a bucket of water on your head. Or if they throw a bottle, ice bottle water at you. Frozen uh, bottle of water. water. Yeah. yeah. Oof. You have to stand there and take it as a New York police officer. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. So if you let, the more you let people get away with, the more they're going to do. And the thing is, once they get tired of dealing with the cities, they're heading, they're going to spread out. They're going to go to neighborhoods. They're going to start, you know, bashing people like the guy who they attacked him because he was flying an American flag on his house. I mean, when when has it become a crime 
or when has it become something that's looked down upon to display a little bit of patriotic pride? The fact that this guy was flying an American flag and these anti-American fascists and the burn loot murderers were there <coughs> trying to set his house on fire. They threw a Molotov cocktail in his driveway, set his driveway on fire because he had an American flag flying. I'm sorry. There's no excuse for that. Nope. On either side. I don't care. I mean, if you're, if you're out there and you're pulling up anybody's political signs or you're pulling up anybody's Black Lives Matter signs – you are the problem. You are the problem that needs to be fixed. Let people express their opinions. Have your Trump signs, have your Biden signs, and let's just see. You know, put them out there, and let's do a poll based on that. But if you start stealing them or destroying them, you're part of the problem. I don't care which side of the fence you're on. People's private property rights have to be maintained. Well, you have to be respectful of people's your, opinions. The constitutional rights need to be maintained. Right. The freedom the freedom of speech by putting a, a political sign in your yard should not be a sign for someone to come attack your house because they don't agree with your politics. Exactly. Absolutely. That's just and police officers need to be allowed to prosecute, to pursue, to capture the people who do this stuff. You know, I'm happy to report and I don't remember which city this was. But some uh, burn loop murder crowd went into another restaurant and tried to start throwing people's food on the ground, and the cops moved in and arrested all of all of them, and they cried like babies. And they should. But the cops went in, and the cops should be allowed. If if, <coughs> if you are spending your hard earned money, and you're supporting a business, especially during these times, especially during these times, and the burn loop murder crowd comes in and thinks that they're they should be allowed to. <coughs> destroy your meal not well, they're, just st- they're, st- they're stealing from you basically That's exactly then hey you you you're your butt should be arrested yep oh we can't say ass i guess you can say your ass, ass should be thrown in jail <laughs> ass first i'm trying or to head be, first uh, i'm trying to be good for the station but i, I guess ass is okay <laughs> i guess everybody's got one <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like a, a belly button. Of, and a lot of politicians don't do their ass from a hole in the ground. But uh, other than Yeah, that, you, you tend to see that a lot. But I mean, it's going to be one of those episodes where people are going to start counting how many times we say ass. Uh, maybe. Like, you know, there was a movie like that. Yes, right, the retard. Yeah. You never go full retard. <laughs> you never go full retard. Yes. I that was movie. one of the funniest movies. Not because of production level, just because Roger and I cracked each other up counting the number How many of times, times they said the word. They said the word. <laughs> and I was saying, yeah, yeah, it's not considered politically correct nowadays, I guess, but that movie was hysterical. Oh, that movie was great. I'm sorry. But anyway, okay, back to prepping. Okay, buy stuff now if you can, if you can afford it. If you're back to work and you find yourself running low on non-perishable goods, stock up. It's time. Stock up. If you want to buy ammo, mm, (laughs) you may want to wait. Too late. If you don't already have some. I'm going to get into later buying a a first gun because a lot of people are considering arming themselves at this point in time now, too. If you're in need of ammo, then... um just shop carefully, right. shop often, right. and eventually stuff. Yeah, yeah. You'll see the pipeline start to fill up a little bit as people stop hoarding. Prioritize what you have now, and don't go, uh, you know, don't go to the range shooting willy nilly when you know that you don't, you can't replenish right. your ammo. Be cautious. So, um, be cautious of what you got, and uh, keep keep looking. It, it's out there. It, it'll pop up. Now we're going to get into some law enforcement. This is the kind of thing to me that gives law enforcement a bad name. This is a sheriff who has decided that he was going to create a program that was going to try and predict who will be a violent criminal. 
and then he would reportedly take action on it based on these predictions. I don't know if you remember the movie Minority Report. Minority Report, anyone? When they had the psychics who were able to predict when somebody was going to commit a crime and they would arrest them prior to them committing the crime and then incarcerate them based on this prediction that they were going to do something wrong. Well, this sheriff decided he was going to use a system to continuously monitor and harass Pasco County residents. Pasco County, from what I understand, is near Tampa Bay. And it generates a list of people it considers likely to break the law based on arrest histories, unspecified intelligence, and arbitrary decisions by police analysis. And it sends it to the deputies to find and interrogate anyone whose name appears, often without a probable cause, a search warrant, or evidence of a specific crime. So because these people seem likely to be criminals, he is going to harass them, bother them, question them without any legal cause. And, you know, and this is the kind of thing where, I mean, I wonder how many times this could happen to somebody where they could turn around, file a lawsuit, and end up shutting down a whole sheriff's department because this guy took things too far. Could you imagine if they just, your name spit out of a computer and they decided, well, you've got these things where we think because you go to a lot of gun shows, we think you might be a criminal. So we're going to harass you at every turn. We're going to question you. We're going to search things. We're going to get search warrants to search you whenever we want to. Well, they're trying to punish thought. Right, exactly. the same principle behind these stupid, uh, um, crap, what are those? The The anti-American fascists? Well, yeah, that too. No, the laws, uh, hate crime laws. Oh, right, right. Hate crime laws is nothing but but trying to punish thought. It's ridiculous. Right, and how can you determine whether what was in somebody's heart at the time they committed a crime? Exactly, you can't. Can't determine can't. that. That's murder ridiculous. Is murder. I don't care who does it. That's right, and uh, it shouldn't yeah. to start discriminating as to who does it or for what cause. I mean, now, granted, yeah. premeditated yeah. is worse than accidental, obviously. Of course, of course. But that's not that's not a matter of uh, you right. know what you were thinking when you did it, right? So basically, these sheriffs are swarming homes in the middle of the night, waking up families, embarrassing people in front of their neighbors, and they write tickets for. Anything they can find. Missing mailbox numbers, overgrown grass. So they're going out of their way to write these ridiculous harassment tickets to people who they think may commit crimes in the future. And one former deputy described this directive like, make their lives miserable until they move or sue. And and everybody knows it takes a lot of money and effort to actually sue a sheriff's department. Now, if you're a, a lawyer down there in Tampa Bay and you think you want to make a name for yourself, it would seem like if you could find somebody who has no actual record or has no criminal past for many years and is being harassed like this, this would be a perfect time. You could make some money off this for sure. Lost wages, you know, libel, anything you could come up with. But now, granted, if somebody's already a career criminal, there may be a plenty of reason to keep an eye on them, and they could do that without harassing them. Mm-hmm. But when you start going before, beyond that, that's when it becomes a problem. Like there was a, a, a kid, 15 years old, became a target in September 2019, almost a year after he was arrested for sneaking into carports with a friend and stealing motorized bicycles. Hmm. Those were the charges against this kid. He had a state-issued juvenile probation officer checking on here on him from time to time, yet from September 2019... To January 2020, the sheriff's deputies went to his house 21 times. For what? 
because he was caught stealing motorized bicycles before that in September. And they and because he had this pro, this propensity towards violent crime, which I don't know how they consider stealing a bicycle violent crime. Yeah, what, what was violent about it? Yes, it was wrong to do it. Of he course. got caught. He was 15. He's a kid. You learn lessons by making mistakes. But did he pummel somebody while he was stealing it? Apparently not. There was no violence. He was just so accused of sneaking violence. into carports at night and stealing bicycles. Yeah, look, I'm not taking up for the guy. I'm just saying. I mean, they showed up at the car dealership where car dealership where his mom worked, looked for him at a friend's house, checked his gym to see if it had signed in. I mean, they were deliberately harassing this guy. Hmm. And more than once, the deputies acknowledged that he wasn't getting into trouble. So apparently, getting caught once was enough to scare him straight. Or his parents took more interest in his life and said, okay, we're going to straighten your ass out. Yeah, maybe uh, (laughs) maybe his parents laid down the law. But this is the kind of thing that this is the kind of thing that gives police officers a bad name. I'm sorry. Now, granted, this is one department in one county in Florida, but still, if other counties are considering this, consider how your relationship with the community is going to be, <coughs> especially when you pick somebody who may have gotten in trouble once, is out of trouble now and keeping straight, and is a member of an influential family or influential group in that county. How is this going to reflect on your? department as a whole yeah they they went to this kid's house 21 times in two months <laughs> what else what crimes did they miss those 21 times when they were there harassing i, I you know they said they were looking for at the time when they did this to other people they were writing just any kind of bull, right they're writing some crap tickets bull bull crap tickets they can think of i mean it was ridiculous right but there's probably real crime going on somewhere that they didn't, they weren't attending to. Yeah. Now, other 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 counties have tried this, and they have since scrapped their system, saying, "Ah, this was not a good idea. We shouldn't have done it." But Pasco County is still going with theirs. So, just it just it just this is not the kind of thing law enforcement needs to embrace at a time like this, especially at a time like this. What uh, what state was that? That was a Florida, Tampa Bay, Tampa That's Bay a shame. area. That's a shame. Yeah. And you figure if the kid's trying to stay straight and stay out of trouble, why would you harass him when he's trying to go to the gym or harass his mom while she's at work? I mean, if he's scared straight, then they ought to be really happy about that. But yet they're. Yeah, they're going off way beyond what should be done. But this is the kind of thing that gives officers a bad name. Yeah. Because granted, someone's going to see this and this kid probably for the rest of his life is going to hate cops. Yeah, and that's that's the that's sad. sad part about this. And, you know? and, and there's too many kids being taught to disrespect and hate cops. Right. Now, this when, is a case where, you know, he's, he's, he's learning through what's happening to him. He's learning by his experiences. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that you'd want to, you know, be careful. Police officers need to go out of their way to be a shiny example. Yeah. Be the good guys. Be the heroes. Be the, the ones kids want to look up to. Be well, the one, be be the ones kids want to be when they grow up. Yeah, they, then you know we talked about earlier on my show about community policing and and being that example and where kids want to be cops again. But Roger, think about this: when you and I were growing up, we were able to play cops and robbers. We were able to play cowboys and Indians. Yeah, we were able to play the good guy. Now. Kids are being told, "No way, you can't pretend to be a police." Or right, well, that's bad because. Uh, certain cultures endorse this this thug lifestyle. Yeah, man, the the local drug dealer with right. the gold teeth and the big car mm-hmm. and the you know and all the money. He's the guy all the kids are looking up to. It's sad. 
Because they they want to be successful too, and that's the way they see it they, as a way to get there. They're either looking up the thug culture or they're looking up to thug athlete culture. Yeah, and let's face it, what less than one percent of these kids oh. are ever going to be high paid athletes? I've heard the NBA has finally achieved equality. Uh oh. Yes, they they finally got the same ratings as the WNBA. <laughs> 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 and if you didn't catch that, folks, it's because their ratings are in the toilet <laughs> tank. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're a million dollar crybaby, you know, Joe Blow doesn't take kindly to million dollar whiners. Well, think about this though. Even the NFL, they put the 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 names of convicted, convicted serial, rapists serial rapists on the back of their helmets. Yeah. And that's a, okay. You can't put ode to a pull down police officer on your right helmet. in Dallas. They did, right. yeah. They wouldn't but allow you can them to put do a that. criminal on your helmet. That's, that's I mean, sad. we're forcing people into this, this, I guess, this kind of lifestyle, this admiration for people who I don't think should be admired. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> Excuse me. It's crazy. But if police officers want to become that shiny example again, they have to be careful what department they're working for and what kind of values their department has so and and like i say now's the time to be prepared because it looks like things are getting only worse but the worst thing about this is even though you may be in the right on the right side of things these da's and these prosecutors are coming at people who have every right to defend themselves and their property and they're prosecuting the wrong people even though you may be in the right, you may be defending your house, your property, your family, because of the people who are attacking you, they may decide to charge you with a crime. Just like the Kyle Rittenhouse situation. Now, granted, one of my big things is don't avoid trouble. Don't be there when it happens, and that's the easiest way to avoid trouble. How do you win a fight? Don't be there when it happens. <laughs> but now some people have a calling. Some people want to be out there. And as much as I would love to help people, I firmly believe in the ideology that no good deed shall ever go unpunished. Mm -hmm. So you have to be extremely cautious if you want to stand up for somebody else. In fact, that's that's a situation that's happened before. There was some guy. He saw a guy and his girlfriend fighting in their in their yard, not his yard, but in their yard. And he walked over, tried to push them apart, tried to separate them. The police were called. The girlfriend stood up, pointed at the neighbor, said, he was interfering with me. He pushed me, blah, blah, blah. They blamed him for what was going on. Even though her boyfriend was beating the, beating her ass right on the front lawn. <laughs> beating her like her mom. When the, when the police came, she stood with her boyfriend and said the other guy was doing wrong. So be yeah. very careful when you try and help people because it may not go the way you want it to. And I know your heart may be in the right place. And a lot of a lot of well, people, men especially, tend to be protectors. We right. tend to be defenders. That tends to be our role because apparently that was ingrained well, in us the by gender. Well, the Democrats keep their keep getting their way and demasculizing men. That won't be much longer. Yeah, we want to I mean, worry about that. But generally, that's been that instinctual. Been. Yes, it has yeah. been, and it's in our DNA. And look, I I for one, I I want people to to aid their neighbors. But you know, you you may have to uh, get a body cam. You know, right, you, just to show what may, was going uh, on. Yeah, you may want to, you know, if you're, you may want to have recording devices at your ready because if you're going to be one of those who wants to help, and, I, and look, I think you should. Look, I'm one of those who I can't stand by and watch somebody get pummeled or, or attacked. 
but it would be good to have body cam footage. Right, or somebody here. Yeah. Uh, Witnesses. Video this. I'm going to run in and help yeah, this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, have some backup because otherwise you could get in more trouble than the person who was actually beating his girlfriend on the front yeah. lawn. Especially when it comes mm. to domestic issues because – Yeah, that, that's a cop's I, worst nightmare answering those. It is those. because I don't know why, but – but there are so many women out there who will take the abuse and then stand next to their husband and go, oh, he's going to be better now. Yeah. No. We've worked it out. He isn't going to be better. Yeah. <laughs> he ain't going to change. If he hits you once, he's going to do it again. Yeah, it's crazy. And there are probably men in the same situation, too. Not as many. Not but as many, but there may there be. There are women who are abusive. If, if you're a Biden voter oh, and now your wait. girlfriend has hit you. You, too, should end that relationship. <laughs> now, now. <laughs> Trying to make this apolitical. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I That's okay, help. though. Yeah, we know whenever Victor Armendariz is on here from On Point with Victor, there's going to be a little politics there's there in almost everything. Politics. <laughs> All right, we're going to be right back after this quick break. Thanks for listening. I am Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Quick Stakes, that's Q-U-I-K Stakes, are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, I am Roger B., host of the Locked and Loaded Show. On America's Web Radio, join me live every Tuesday at 1500 for the best in gun news, gun products, and gun politics. My name is Kyle Hayes, a motorsports student at Alfred State College. Every year, Alfred State students compete in the Great Race, which is a cross-country time endurance rally for vintage vehicles. As you can imagine, it's pretty costly. I'm asking for your help. Your donation can make it possible for these students to live their passion and promote the vintage automobile industry. Please visit our site at give.alfredstate.edu and search Great Race to learn more and help us reach our goal. Thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the America's Broadcast Network.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back. I'm Roger B. This is Locked and Loaded, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. And my special guest that's been chiming in today, I forgot to mention him much earlier, but that is Victor Armanderes from On Point with Victor. Hello, hello. You know, I, sometimes I just can't resist. I know. Well, see, it's fun. Guns you, are fun. You get me talking about guns, and, and I get excited. Despite what the anti-gunners say, you having guns for sport is fun. Is, Going to the range, shooting shooting games, they're all fun. It's uh, mucho fun. That's right. But now I want to talk to those people who are new gun owners or people who are considering buying a gun. Because I know there's a lot of you out there. Over 5 million people in the first six months of this year were first-time gun buyers. And there's others joining every single day, people buying their first gun. Now, I don't know if you've been thinking about it for a long time, if uh, it's something that's recently come to light. Are you making this decision because of what you see on the news? Do you fear for yourself and your family's lives and you want to be able to protect them in case something happens? I mean, because these 
these uh, looters, the murderers, they're murder. they are coming. They keep claiming they're coming to the suburbs. And if you live in the suburbs, maybe you need to protect yourself. If you live in a city where you're allowed to have a weapon, maybe you've thought you've never needed it until now. But anyway, whatever your reason is for deciding now is the time, you know, maybe your neighborhood is less safe. Maybe things have changed where you work or at home and you feel like you need extra protection. But whatever the case is, no matter why you're making this decision, there are some things you need to know to get started. I mean, a lot of you may just go to the first gun shop, pick something up and go, yeah, that feels good. Let's go. You know, but you should know a few things before you even make that decision. First and most importantly, know the four unbreakable rules of gun safety. Even before you walk in a gun store to put your hands on something, know these rules. There's only four of them. It doesn't take that much time to learn them. One, treat every gun as if it were loaded. Even though you've checked it, you've seen it, you've pulled the magazine out, you've checked the chamber, everything is clear. Don't point it at people. Don't point it at pets. Don't point it in a direction. You know, point it at the floor, the um, ceiling. Unless it's a cat. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, <laughs> kidding, 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 kidding. Now, now, All Victor. All you cat owners out there, I'm kidding, kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, Victor's a dog guy. <laughs> I love cats. It tastes like chicken. <laughs> Just like chicken. Okay. But treat every gun as if it were loaded. Try not and do not point the do not point the gun at anything you're not willing to shoot. And these are basics you have to follow. This will give you the mindset to be safe all the time, even with an unloaded gun. Treat it with respect. Do not point it at people. No matter how unloaded it is, right. don't point it at people. And never take somebody's word for it that the gun. Oh, unloaded. never. I mean, if somebody someone hands you a gun and, and says, says it's, it's unloaded, unloaded, always clear it. Clear it. Always. If clear you it. know how, if you don't know how, ask them. <laughs> ask them to show you. There's actually a really good video of this online where it's a gun shop, and they show all the times when people bring weapons in either to have them worked on, have them looked at to purchase, or you know get accessories for them. And they say, "Oh, uh, do you mind if I check it?" He goes, "Oh, I just checked it in the car. I just cleared it." And they go yank the action back and boom, a live round flies out. And the guy's face is just, he's in shock because he could have sworn he already cleared it. It never hurts to check it twice, three times, four times, rather than make a mistake once. So that's the kind of thing that would help you going to a gun store. If you, if they don't clear it before they hand it to you, either clear it yourself if you know how or ask the guy at the gun store to show you how to check. So you can see it with your own two eyes. Lay your eyes on that chamber. Look in the magazine. And just because the magazine is pulled out does not mean there may not be a round in the chamber ready to go. Keep that in mind. A gun can still fire if the magazine is pulled out. That, oh, that's a, a common misconception among new gun owners. If, if there is a if there is a round in the chamber, it can fire. It, it can fire, yes. Even with the magazine pulled out, yeah. laid on the counter. Rule number three, keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are on the target. This one is really tough because most people's natural instinct is to pick up a gun and put their finger right on the trigger. Mm -hmm. It's super common because you've been doing this since you were a kid. You know, every time you pick up a gun, your finger goes in the trigger guard. It happens every time. And if you notice, if you look at a lot of pictures of guys who are I wouldn't, not even professional shooters or shooters who shoot for sport. You'll notice that finger straight out, straight out on the frame, not in the trigger guard when they're posing for pictures you know, or when they're holding a weapon. Yeah. yeah, we had questions before, Roger, and you and I were actually in a picture 
uh, last Halloween. I won't say why, but we were. And oh yeah, because we dressed up as uh, police, uh, law enforcement officers, as law enforcement officers, and uh, and we posed for a picture. And uh, and someone pointed out. He goes, "Man, you guys, your finger is out and straight." And I said, "Well, yeah, that's that's proper." Proper oh, trigger discipline. Yeah, that's discipline. And it's funny because if you learn that, you tend to do it with everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a thermometer, you know, a trigger thermometer, your finger's outside you until you're ready to pull the trigger. <laughs> you're, you're running a drill, that finger's off the trigger until you're ready to drill something. I mean, trigger discipline will follow you throughout your life once it you really learn will. it. It becomes second nature. And it's it really hard is. to, it's probably one of the hardest things for me to teach people when I'm teaching somebody how to shoot. Yeah. Cause they go set the gun down go. with their finger <laughs> still in the trigger guard and I say, yeah. when you're done, pull it out. Or they go pick it up and their finger naturally goes right into the trigger guard. Which is, you know, I don't expect you to learn right away. It takes time to learn anything. You know, I use a method when I t- telling people how, you know, I was like, look, like when you were 16, Pull the finger out when you're not shooting. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, I, I'm not. I, I don't mean it to be a reference to anything, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, keep your finger off the trigger until your sights are to your sights are on the target, and that's simple. And then once your sights are on target, that finger goes in the trigger guard, and you come off target or you finish, that finger should come right out again. This also, when you go to a gun store, a guy sees you handle a gun like this, he's going to have a lot more respect for you. And he's going to be able to help you more probably than having to watch you make sure you obey every safety rule. You go in with this kind of mentality, it's going to make a big difference. And it's just, it's, it's tough to learn, but take your time, learn it, practice with anything you deal with that has a trigger. Like I said, if you're drilling this weekend, keep that finger outside the, off the trigger until you're ready to start drilling. When you're carrying around in the garage or carrying around the house, keep the finger, trigger finger straight. It just it makes for good practice in the future. Fourth thing, identify your target and what is behind it. This seems rather silly, you know, oh well, I'm shooting at a target, yes. And in an indoor range, this is not likely to be as much of a problem. You know, but again, there's incidences where people pull the gun down, they think all the ammo's gone, their finger's still on the trigger, and they go stick in a holster or they point it down and pull the trigger when it's still pointed, still has a round in it. Don't do that. Yeah, no. We've seen on several occasions on what happens when people do that. Yeah, I have. Now, like I said, in an indoor range, it's less likely to be a problem because everybody aims the same direction. Mm -hmm. If you miss a target, there's a backstop. That's what it's meant to do. You're shooting in that one direction. Everything is trapped back there. Now, if you're outside on a friend's land or a makeshift range or you're hunting, especially when hunting, if you're shooting that squirrel who's been eating your corn stalks all year... You got them lined up in the sights. You got to stop and look. If I miss, where's that bullet? Where's, where's that, that bullet? pellet going to go? Yeah. Is it going to hit you something know, that I'm going to be concerned about, or is it going to hit a tree, a fence, a dirt, or is it going into the neighbor's window? You know, this goes for self protection too. You know, I we we talk Roger all the time about the importance of not just being a gun owner, but if you're carrying because you want to protect yourself, uh, then we always talk training, training, training because. You must take more precaution than anybody because if, even if you're attacked somewhere or, or outside or even in your home and you have to pull that weapon, you need to be cognizant of what is behind your target. What is behind your target? What's near your be. target? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause if they're absolutely. standing right next to a baby carriage, you know, you, yeah. you, you well, can't guarantee marksmanship. Absolutely. In Especially a dynamic in situation the, uh, like that. In yeah. the height of a situation, you know, you can train till you, can train no more, but until it really happens, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So 
Um, well, that, that's the more advanced it, stages. As you get into is. the training stages, you're going to learn it, that kind of stuff. It means the difference of a head shot, face shot, leg shot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but this is basics. I mean, like I say, while you're hunting, you're lined up on a target. Look at what's behind your target. Is that bullet going to go sailing off into the woods? Is it going to hit the ground? Do you know there's enough woods back there to cover a shot that, that gets loose? Mm-hmm. I mean, find out before you do this. And now if you're, you know, say hunting locally, I say locally, like in your front yard, you know, getting rid of rodents or dispatching, you know, troublesome animals in the in the yard. Be very aware of where that projectile is going to go after you let it go from the gun. Where is it going to go if it misses its target? Be aware of that. So that's know the four rules of God. You know, I'm going to run those one more time. One, treat every gun as if it were loaded. Two, never point the gun at anything you're not willing to destroy. Three, keep your finger off the trigger till the sights are on target. And four, identify your target and know what is behind it. Okay. That's not too bad. That's only four rules. There are a lot more, but let's start with these. These are the basics. It's not, it's not like we're talking about the rules of Zombie Land. No, that's a whole different. That's a whole different. That's in that's more. Rules. That's level seven or eight. We're on level that's one right. now. That's right. We're on level one. So now, be, now getting started can be daunting. It can be intimidating. So go slow. If you've never dealt with guns before, ideally get someone to help you or go with you. You know, assist you in some way, even if it's another beginner. Two people can remember four rules better than one person can. And also, it makes things seem a little less intimidating if somebody is there with you sharing the experience. Ideally, if you can find someone more experienced who you believe can help you and is not going to be someone who will be more detrimental than help, by all means. Also, when you go to a gun range or a gun store looking at weapons for the first time, if you don't feel comfortable with the person who's helping you, then either get somebody else to help you there or go to another place where you do feel more comfortable. If they're, if they're intimidating you, pressure you in any way, that's not the place you need to be. You need to go somewhere where you can have somebody who may ask you a bunch of questions about what you're looking for, what you want. But now you've got the basic rules down. Time to go to the gun shop or gun show and start looking. Let's handle some weapons. Knowing how to grip a pistol or rifle before you start picking them up makes it easier to make decisions in making that selection. Because everybody has different size hands, everybody has different limitations or advantages, and you want to get something that is going to be advantageous to you. Fits your hand better, fits your lifestyle better, because there's so many decisions. Like, what are you going to do with this gun? Are you going to carry it? Are you going to leave it in your car? Is it going to be a nightstand gun only? Is it going to be range only? What are you going to do with it? That's going to help make your decision. Now, if you're not sure, or you go, well, I don't think I'm ever going to carry a gun. I think I'm just going to get it to have it and leave it in the nightstand. I'm not going hunting with it. I'm not going to just go recreationally shooting. I'll go to the range once a year just to, you know, stay up on things, but I'm not going to become an avid shooter. Then, you know, you can buy a gun based on those decisions. Now, if you're not sure, you think, well, I don't know if I'm going to like it that much. I've never done this much. I don't know what group of people I may get in with, maybe they become enthusiasts and they get me involved in more shooting sports. So you want to try and get a weapon that covers as many of the possibilities as you possibly can. Because people will tell me all the time, well, I'm not planning on carrying the gun. Then a year later, they go, I'm thinking about getting my carry permit. Now, this is something that may be difficult if they purchased a full-size duty weapon, 
that they just keep in the nightstand and they wanted something that fit their hand well and were not concerned about concealability or weight, then trying to transition in that into a carry weapon is going to be much more difficult. But, um, you know, you have to – and it's hard to make these decisions on buying your first gun because you don't know. You don't know how involved you're going to get. You don't know what kind of things you're going to be dealing with, where you want to keep it. You may have an, you have an idea before you start, though. Try and determine this. Ask yourself the questions. What am I going to do with this gun? Where is it going to live? Where am I going to be storing it? Am I going to be carrying it? Do I take it to work with me? Is it going in my briefcase, in my pocket? Or am I going to leave it at home only and I'm never going to carry it anywhere? And then if you do decide, well, I want a gun I will be able to carry, you got to decide what kind of clothes do you wear to work? What kind of clothes do you wear when you're not at work? Because do you want to carry it concealed? And I'll say this. Okay, if you want to open carry, some states allow that possibility. I don't recommend it because if you end up in a situation with somebody else with a gun robbing a store, robbing a home, they see the gun on your hip, you're going to become the first target. Don't make yourself the first target. Just don't do it. Now, granted, if you carry concealed and it gets shown once in a while, in most states that's not an issue because it was concealed. Some people may freak out because they're not used to seeing seeing weapons. Hey, but, somebody freaks out because you reach up and grab something off a shelf and they see Yeah, your and they gun. see your gun. Just well, tell then them to go back to their cry closet and move yeah. on with your day. And now one of the wisest things I've heard, I was helping somebody buy a gun and they told me, I said, well, you're looking to carry. You look, he goes, I think it's just going to be, you know, keep it home, protect the house. I'm not going to carry it with me. He goes, but if I decide to carry a gun, I think I'll buy another one for that purpose. Hmm. Okay. If your budget allows that, that's great. You know, he's already thinking maybe in the future, if I decide to carry, I'll buy one specifically for that purpose. So that helped me to make recommendations to him as to what he should get because if he's looking to purchase something else to carry, then we looked at weapons that were just stay-at-home guns or carry in case of the apocalypse guns where concealment was not an issue. Because different guns have very specific uses, specific, you know, applications. Some are very versatile and cover a lot of ground, just like when buying a car. You've got to decide how many people in your family. Do you drive by yourself most of the time? Do you need good gas mileage? Or are you only driving three miles to work and back? Or are you making a 40-mile commute each way? You know, it depends on what you're going to do with it as to what kind of gun you want. But start with the most versatile gun if you're not sure, and you can always diversify later. And I recommend taking someone who has experience with you to try and find a, or try and find a place that's willing to help a first-time buyer. And you can always call them and say, I'm looking for a first gun. I don't know much. Do you have somebody who can help guide me or show me some stuff? I don't know if I'm going to purchase today, but I want to start looking. And see what kind of response you get. If they tell you, well, we're really busy right now. I don't have a lot of time to spend with you, you know. you know. And if they don't recommend another, like if he says, well, if you come in the morning between 10 and and two, we'll have a lot more time. If you come in the afternoon, we're very busy. I don't have as much time then. Take that into consideration. But it wouldn't hurt to make a phone call first and ask. Unless you just want to go walk in and look around and see who approaches you and see what kind of attitude they take when they come up to you. You know, see if they seem like they're genuinely interested in helping you. Because whatever you do, don't get into a situation where you're going to be uncomfortable. Or where you feel like you're going to be pressured into something. This is something that happens a lot, though. Someone takes their friend with him, and he has this one gun that he carries all the time. That's his favorite gun, and that's the gun you should have because he's got one. <laughs> we all met that guy. 
Oh, yeah, we know that guy real well. <laughs> everybody. Everybody who's a gun enthusiast knows that guy. But, you know, you also got to look at it this way, Roger. I mean, you've got your favorite type of weapons. I've got my favorite type of weapon. So if somebody asks us, then I'm going to tell you. But, yeah. Right. But if someone asks me for a first-time gun, I'm going to say, well, what are you going to do with it? How right. are you going to carry it? I'm not going yeah. to just recommend what I carry. Right. Because I, I, I'm smart enough to know. I've got years of experience. Mm-hmm. I like different kinds of guns than some, some people. My hands are different size than other people. Exactly. I'm going to get with yeah. them and try and make recommendations based on what their needs and their wants are. There are a lot of factors that come into it. I'm not going to say, oh, I carry a, I carry a CZ, so you should carry so a CZ too. Carry, it's the yeah. only gun worth carrying. They're right. the best. Nah, see, no. I mean, because everybody's going to feel different. A gun is going to feel different in one hand than it feels in my hand. Right. And, uh, and I can, you know, we can tell you all day long what we think is the most reliable. What gun can you jump into a lake and get out and still fire? Yeah, we can tell you that stuff. But that's not, you know, well, that, that's you, what's going to happen. To have that information is fine. You're right. But when you're buying a gun that you want to depend on and you're going to get carry, it needs to be ergonomically good for you. Right. And you also got to get something that's within your budget. Oh, you know, budget. so don't get something that somebody else recommends that they like. They can say, I like this, but since you were looking at a gun for the first time, maybe something a little less expensive would be better. Maybe something with a manual safety would be better. Mm-hmm. I personally don't carry one with a manual safety most of the time, but if I, sometimes I do. I have I have different guns. I had I only have a few now after the tragic boating accident. Terrible boat accident. Yeah, Terrible. Uh, it was awful. Terrible. But and and don't always use what you have readily available to you either. I mean, there's always these guys that say, oh man, my dad left me this gun. It was a bring back from Europe, and it's a, a this or that or the other. And you look at it and go, okay, well it's a good gun. There's nothing wrong with it. It's a single action. It has a safety on it. So you have to carry this. If you want to carry it ready to go, it's got to be chambered, hammer back, hammer safety back, on. Safety off, yeah. And you have to take the safety off and pull the trigger. That's It's it's probably not the ideal choice for a beginner. Mm-hmm. Plus, depends on what caliber that gun is chambered in. Right. Yeah, it's going to depend. There's so many different factors. I mean, I even break it down to depending on where I'm going. You know, there are certain areas that I go that I might carry a different type of weapon with with different capacity. Oh, yeah. What about this? What about where you live? Yeah. I mean, if you're in Miami and you want a gun to carry, stainless steel is going to be your friend because it's humid down there. Yes, it is. You're going to get all kinds of moisture on it, mm-hmm. and it's going to be harder to keep a standard steel gun from rusting. Right. And if you live in a place like that, whoops. You live in a place like that, then you have to consider you may have to clean and oil that gun more often than somebody who lives in Arizona. Right. So environment has a big, big determining factor on what kind of gun you're looking at, too. Consider every factor. Now, will you get the perfect gun the first time? Maybe. Hey. Maybe not. You know, but if you don't, you should get at least get close. You should get something you're at least comfortable with. Right. And right. if your budget has you on the lower end, then it's okay to save up to get a little bit better. Yeah, or if you want to get one, get something this, you know, get something of reasonable quality. When I take somebody for shopping for a gun, I'll take them to a store or gun show where they can put their hands on it, ask them how it feels, get a grip on it, keep that finger straight on the side of the frame, don't put it in the trigger guard yet. Mm -hmm. And I'll also recommend more popular weapons because holster availability, accessory availability, inexpensive magazines are generally available for more common, more popular weapons than something really oddball and off the wall, you know, and all of a sudden you need an extra magazine for it and they're six months away from being in any store. Right. 
you know. And to get the ammo, it's going to cost you two bucks a round. Yeah, for something really odd ammo. Or you may end up with some military surplus gun that has an odd ammo that you can't get hollow points for. You can't get it, right. And then defense ammo is going to be very difficult to find, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. You know, because you want to have different ammo for the range than you do for self-defense. Absolutely. And you want to have the biggest variety of ammo available to you. You want to, if you decide you want to carry it, you want to have something you can get a holster for. And I don't mean just a holster, you drop it in, put the flap over it, and away you go, like an old military holster for the military guns. You want to have a practical carry holster. And some really odd guns or strange brands are much harder to find holsters for. So just consider that when buying a gun. Something more common is generally better. Now, if you want to get into collecting and get into collecting oddball stuff, that's fine. By all means. Right. The more guns you have, hey, that's more power to you. I'm a, I'm a strong believer in supporting your Second Amendment mm-hmm. rights as many times as you can. There is no limit to the Second Amendment. That's right. There's, There's no, no limit to how many guns you're allowed exactly. to have in this country. Now, there are certain states where they limit you to how many you can buy at one time. Right. Like I say, if you buy more than one a week, that requires a special form to be filled out and sent to the government. So be aware of, of that, course. too. They get it. But, you know, caliber, you know, pick a popular caliber. Now, granted... Usually popular calibers under normal times, popular calibers are the easiest to find. Right now, no caliber is easy to find. (laughs) Yes, it's, this is a very unusual time to be purchasing a weapon or ammo. So be aware of that. If you're buying one now, your prices are going to be higher. Your availability is going to be less. You may not be able to see as many things as you would like. But try and find somebody who has an open mind and will go with you and ask you questions, let you grip a few things to see. And then examine your grip on the gun, see if your hands fit it, and make recommendations based on that. Not just say, oh, I carry this, and everybody should have this. It's a great gun. It may be a great gun, but it may not be a great gun for you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you find yourself going to a, a, a gun shop or with a friend and they're pushing a certain gun over all others, wait until you can shop somewhere else or find another friend to go with. Get as many opinions as you can. Everybody's opinion carries some weight in some way. Well, I say that conservatively. There are those people whose opinion to me carries no weight, but that's okay. <laughs> but for the most part, you collect information, you assess it, and then you right. make a decision. The biggest thing is put your hands on things, feel them, hold up the sights, see if they line up easily, or do you have to fight to adjust and the sights to get them lined up? And we're still talking about guns. <laughs> Listener out there who's, I know, is thinking the wrong Oh, way. no. Oh, no. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but... If, if someone is recommending something, ask them why. Say, why, why should I get that one? Oh, they're, they're, they're great. Yeah, okay. that's not a reason. Why? They're great. Okay, they're great. You know, an M60 machine gun is great. Does that mean, that does that mean you need one? Doesn't mean, well. Well, actually everybody I mean, should have everybody one. Everybody should have one, but, but it doesn't mean it's the one that can, you can It may not be the one for you for at you. this time, for your first one. Yes. Right. <laughs> and, uh, again, depends on what you're going to do with it. Right. <laughs> you know, you've got to have the proper it, – it's just like you don't go out and jump in a car that somebody says is the best. So it's the same right. thing for shopping cars. Okay. For guns. Well, take these, take these ideas to heart. Use them carefully. We are out of time today. Once again. So we're going to come back next week. We'll discuss step two later. Right now you're listening to America's Radio. I am Roger B., and this has been Locked and Loaded. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.